the beginning. Here's what I remember about Carly the Kid. Quintessential entrepreneurial kid, always had a cause, something bigger than me. Mostly it was Melbourne Royal Children's Hospital. If I wasn't selling toys or handmade shit on the front lawn, not actual shit, I was picking lemons or making postcards and selling them door to door. It was never because I loved making money. Truth be told, all I knew about money was that my dad worked really hard for very long hours to make it. And if I made it, it could help people. It was about making a difference, whether that was raising money for a charity or making someone smile. Sometimes it was as simple as making me smile. What a novel concept, eh? I was happiest when I was creating something with a purpose. Bringing all the kids together at a barbecue and teaching them all dance routines to perform to the parents. And I took that role very seriously. I loved being the leader, selling them an idea, sharing the vision with them, getting excited about what we could create and then bringing it all together, bringing the people together, creating something together, and me driving and guiding the process. Throughout primary school, I regularly convinced teachers to let me out of class to teach younger kids dance, or to get access to the multi-purpose room to write and direct a new play, or start my own school magazine. I'm not sure what it was about me, but people would come on board. I'd have to do some convincing initially, but I'd usually get my way, eventually. At home, I'd be recording pretend radio shows on my double tape deck, or writing out a plan and schedule for my next birthday party, or making some really ugly craft shit out of tan bark to sell at my next yard sale, or making up a new game to play with my friends. I don't think the concept of what was cool and what wasn't had really been part of my awareness back then. I mean, I kind of knew I was a dork, but there was really zero care factor. The cool kids weren't really doing shit that I was interested in, and I was a late bloomer, quite naive. In grade five, my teacher told me that Santa wasn't real, and I was devastated. Maybe that's when I started to distrust the world around me, or maybe that's a little dramatic. Things kind of bubbled along with me as a mostly happy dorky kid until I hit high school. Very quickly I realised that in order to survive this huge scary place with all these big scary people doing shit like smoking ciggies and pashing each other, I'd have to make some adjustments. I'd have to blend in, not bring too much attention to myself, be a little incognito, a bit of a chameleon. So I set about trying to fit in, survive. I started to look around me and shape who I was based on when I got the kind of attention I wanted and when I got the kind of attention I didn't want. It wasn't as dramatic or even conscious as it sounds here. I wasn't like a gazelle out in the African plains being preyed on by a pack of hungry hyena. But looking back, it's easy to see that this is where I started to lose my sense of self, when I started to look externally for validation that I was okay. Being a smartass got a good reaction from the kids. Cool, I'll give it enough of a go to be cool, but not so much of a go to get myself into too much trouble. I was always walking a fine line between the world of the dorky kid who wanted to lead and create and the kid who just wanted to avoid being singled out as a weirdo. The further down that fine line I got, the further away from who I really was I got. This is where I started to get really angry at the world, hitting the teenage angst period. And reflecting on it, I'm quite sure it's because I felt I'd been forced to become something other than who I really was in order to fit in. I was fast becoming a square peg in a round hole. Fitting in hurt my soul. Realising that I wasn't enough as I was was painful. As I hit my mid-teens, there was an inner rage building. I swapped CNC Music Factory for grunge. 
started dressing in various shades of brown. Grunge was the scene that represented how I felt about the world and myself. It must have been a shock to my poor parents who were used to my happy pop music loving self. Instead of using what felt good to me as a compass, I started shaping myself around what was socially acceptable. What would cause the least amount of friction? What would help me avoid confrontation, one of my biggest fears? What would help me to blend in, not stand out? Suppressing who I was for who I thought I needed to be. I guess I spent most of the next 15 years following that formula for success, staying small, suppressing my creative self, protecting myself from potential scrutiny and judgment, towing the line. And my need to be liked by all certainly wasn't doing me any favours. I struggled with my boundaries. If I was ever tested on anything I'd give in, I never stood my ground, I never wanted to hurt anyone's feelings, and I'd do anything I could do to avoid them feeling shit about themselves usually at the expense of myself. If you know me, you're probably calling bullshit right now. I do seem to be a person who stands up, speaks up, and that is somewhat true. If I ever see injustice being done to someone else, I'll do my best to step in every time to speak up for them, negotiate on their behalf. For some strange reason, I just couldn't give myself the same courtesy. The more I tried to live my life being who I needed to be, to be accepted and safe, the further away I moved from who I really was, and the further I moved away from who I really was, the more I forgot who I really was. The less I knew myself, the more I disliked myself, the less I trusted myself. And it went on for a number of years, until one day I went into the docks for a pap smear and came out with a mental health plan.